Hey, 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 it's MMA and Beyond. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Thank you for your feedback. Thank you for for participating not only in our social media, but for telling other people. Uh, our numbers are going up exponentially, of course. We didn't start off great, so that's not... <laughs> it can only go up, Steve. It can, it it can, can only, only go, go up. If it starts going down... That's it. Uh, well, I think done. since, since yeah. Mike, the producer, came on board. Yeah. Wow. What yes. is yeah. it? Twelve seconds in. Twelve, yeah. 12 seconds right. in. Well, like five <laughs> Look, don't say I didn't. Don't say I didn't warn you. And I'm very excited about <laughs> one of our guests tonight, at least. We we've got someone in the studio, <laughs> UFC bantamweight number nine ranked bantamweight Al Jermaine Sterling. What's up, brother? What's up, guys? Glad to be part of the crew tonight. Wow. <laughs> by by default, a... he's actually recording something uh, here in studio, and we said, hey. We're about to do this podcast. Me and Raven doing this podcast. Mike's jumped in. We're killing it with the numbers. Aljo, would you like to stick around? A lot of yeah. buzz on this podcast, yeah. Aljo. And he said, ah, I got nothing else to do. Yeah. <laughs> Made us feel really good, no? <laughs> Made us feel great. Since I have absolutely nothing else to do. Yeah. But look at you in Port Washington, the North Shore of Long Island. It's different Dif- up here. Different yeah. world from the South Shore. Wow. Yeah. Different. Make sure you don't go over the speed limit. I know. I, they won't Not be too lenient with you, trust me. <laughs> make sure you don't go over, and you better, I'll give you about 20 names. I, you better I, I start sure reciting. I took, my, if I took you... my hat off and everything. <laughs> Good weekend, Ray. Good weekend. What what, what happened uh, in Atlantic City for you? Yeah, great, great night for the team. Uh, Edwin Smart uh, fought a great fight against a, a really uh, pretty good kid. Um, and, uh, yeah, finished it in the second round with a, with a key lock. And uh, yeah, he got he got some work in. Uh, stand up looked good. Good control on the floor. He followed directions. Matt was guiding him the whole way, and he got the submission. So it was good. He put in a, a good camp for the first time. We brought in some big guys for him. I think it made all the all the difference in the world, man. We had a really good wrestler. I got to see some of it. I this Matt Dino, yeah. really good. You know Matt, right? Yeah, a little yeah. bit. So uh, I thought he was a huge addition to helping out. He came in a couple of times and. Put the put the pressure on Eddie, and that's what he needed, man. Just to you know work hard and uh, paid off. Good to see. He's a good dude, and I like how coachable he is. You you mentioned uh, the um, him listening to Matt last time I saw him win, also in Atlantic City. He was very coachable. He's on the mat, and Matt's telling him step by step what to do. He's following, and he got the submission then as well. Yeah, yeah, good, good stuff, man. That he's, uh, you know, for an older guy, man, he's a he's a big, strong guy. He's super talented, and I again, I think a guy that still could do a lot more, and uh, you know, than we're seeing. And I think I, I'm, I'm excited for him. He's a, he's a good dude. He loves it, and uh, yeah, just well, coachability's got to be huge for you. I yeah. mean, I mean, that's because coach- there's got to be some guys who go in there who think they know a little too much. And, and and aren't as coachable. Yeah, I mean, co- I, co- first of all, coachability is everything. And I'm going to tell you something. I think, and I feel bad because I like the guy, and I think Aljo even knows him. I think we were in the dressing room with him. But I, I, what I saw the other night in the fight, just because you're bringing up coachability, the Thai guy, what's his name, Suka, Suka, uh, Andre Sukum. I mean, I've Sukum never Tata. ever seen anything like he had that fight one. I don't know what he was thinking, or but his corner should have been jumping out of their seats to get him to let that kid O'Malley stand up. I mean, the guy could not stand. The fight would have definitely been over. Yep. And yet he was taking him down. It was bizarre, like bizarre how he didn't recognize it in there, which that's that's step that's problem number one. Problem number two is, like again, I would have lost my lungs screaming, and I I I can't for the life of me figure that fight out. That. 
either he was concussed from the first round or that's a really bad sign of being uncoachable because that didn't make any sense at all. I mean, Al Jeremy, you know what I'm talking about, no, right? No, seriously, we, we were watching and screaming at the, the, the screen. Yeah, I'm saying America probably lost their vocal cords screaming <laughs> at that fight because it was so obvious, and I don't know if it was something you just saw on TV, but, I mean, the guy was in the ring hopping around, and you knew he couldn't walk. I mean, I, 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 I'm telling you, I'm, I'm blown away by how this guy just ignored everything and I, if there's uncoachability that was a sign of it and and he's in, and he's a sweet guy his girls are, you know they seem like nice people when we're in the dress room with him but wow that was a major flaw to me major does it do you go deaf aljo do you go deaf to your corner or is it something that's a, is it an ego thing does he uh, what's it like to actually be in there do you do you listen out for your corner what happens what do you think from a fighter's perspective could have been happening with him that he's he's causing everybody to pull their hair out of their head what do you think he's going through at the time i it's really hard to say what he was going through at the moment but i i know your your, your adrenaline is running through the roof uh you're losing a fight down two rounds the first round was definitely a 10-8 yeah and at the third round he knows he needs a finish and from what I was told and from what I can hear from the TV, it sounded like his coaches were telling him, don't take him down, stand him up, stand him up. And for some reason, I don't know what it was. I know the adrenaline starts to take over and you do kind of tune a lot of things out sometimes. But I think in the heat of the moment, if you see a guy can't stand up and you're, you guys are battling, it's like common sense. You let that guy up, right? Yeah. I mean, I, you have to be in the moment when you're in there and there's got to be some sort of internal dialogue going on where you're processing that's the whole idea of fighting you got to make split decision you know you got to make uh, split second decisions and that's this doesn't even have to be split second this was i uh, me, me and ally quinta cornered uh costa Filippo for a fight in canada and i can't think of the guy's name uh hammond ha hammond jared hammond maybe something like that he was a tall guy and costa knocked him down right in front of us and if i tell you I wish Al was here. The guy was kind of out, and his only chance would have been to survive on the floor. And we were get, get off, get a stand up, stand. And I mean, it took. It seemed like an eternity, but it was probably ten or fifteen seconds. But I mean, we were berserk, and he stood up. The guy had to get up. Costa got two free shots on the guy, and he hits hard, and he ended the fight. That guy would have survived that fight, but I mean, it took us a good 10 or 15 seconds of both of us, like, out of control, right in front of us. So I get it if you're a little, you know, it does, it, it, that's where the coaching comes in. You're, you're more of a cheerleader at that point. But you're, you, the, like, when you're outside, you're picking that stuff up, maybe more than the fighters sometimes, and that's how you make the adjustments in between rounds. Uh, but that was crazy, man. Yeah. My thing is I don't think you need to be a professional fighter to recognize that type yeah. of situation, the guy cannot stand up. Yeah, I would right. love to hear. I obvious. would love to hear that guy's take on what he thought was going on. Yeah, that. I really would. Very I, interesting. Yeah. I would like to know myself because yeah. that was like Crazy. very bizarre. It, it it's it's shocking to me how often you'll see those type of mistakes. You know they're training for this. You know that they're putting in the time. You you know the time and energy that goes into this, and to make such again again, we're talking about a psychological mistake whether on purpose, regardless of what it is, a psychological error that's really causing a fight. I mean, it, it, and, it, and it's not a – it can't be one of, uh, of inexperience because this is an experienced fighter. Yeah. You can't help but wonder what else he had in his mind. It had to be something else. Yeah. I mean, the only, the only uh, 
I'm going to say, if I had to look at a positive of something, <laughs> not not for not for the uh, Sukhata, uh, what's how do you pronounce the name again? Su- Sukhamtat. Yeah, something like that. Whatever. <laughs> but uh, he wasn't. You know, like the other guy was winning the fight, so the right guy did win. It would have been unfortunate if he lost, but that's part of the game. You know, it's similar to. You know, Anderson Silva, when Chris broke his shin on his knee. You know what I mean? Like, imagine if nobody steps in and Anderson tried to back out and then Weidman decides to wrestle with the guy. There was no way he could have stayed. It, was, it wasn't It was as bad, but it was pretty damn similar, man. It really was. That guy, there was no way he could have moved around that ring. No way. He was laying on the floor even after the fight. Yeah, he got yeah. up hopping around on one foot. Right, yeah. he, did the, he did the interview with Rogan uh, while laying down. Crazy, yeah, it was funny. Yeah, that, I thought that was funny. And and, and you're bringing up UFC uh, 222. How about Frankie's fight? Wow, I got to tell you something, man. I you know I like Frankie. Obviously, wow. I got a relationship with Mark Henry. I got to tell you that hurt. That actually hurt. Watching that, I was like, damn, this is. He lifted him off the ground. Yeah, oh, yeah. I'm going to tell you something. Look, I'm going to make yeah. a case for Frankie Edgar possibly being the best fighter that ever stepped in that octagon for a lot of different reasons. One is, and I think it's great for. Any undersized fighter out there, the guy's fought in everybody in two divisions, and he's probably a 35-pounder. I mean, he was the 155-pound champ. He looked like a—he looked small next to— He sure did, Brian. I mean, next to Brian Ortega. I cannot believe the size difference, and that's at 45. And he was the champ at 55, and he made a couple of runs, and he that, you know he's beaten everybody— but, you know, title fights, you know, so that was the first time he's been finished and he lost. And look, look, the Frankie's credit, man, the guy is a warrior. He got lifted off the floor with that uppercut. And that guy still wanted to continue. He, he wanted to fight. No, that guy wanted yeah, yeah. to fight. I mean, this is a fighter. This is a guy that is, I, I don't know, how could you not like this guy? I mean, he's an energizer bunny. You know, I think we might be at the point where, you know, Father Time is even catching up to, to, to Frankie Edgar. I mean, he's, look, he's, the records he holds for no, most hours in the octagon. I mean, Val, you know what that's like, being just yeah. getting through injuries and all this stuff that he's got. And he hasn't had easy times. He's been knocked, not, not, you know, he's been knocked down a couple of times. He'd go back to the Gray Maynard fight. How the hell Wars. he even survived that is Wars. crazy, you know, so. That that hurt. I don't know why that hurt. I just, you know, I think he's a good guy. I like to see good things happen to good people. But, you know, I you know, I, I predicted Frankie would win. But in that prediction, I said, you never know when it's going to be the last night for that guy. And that could have been it, you know. And I think he's already saying, you know, I think Mark put out a post and he'll be back stronger than ever. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, I don't even think there's a reason for that. I mean, he's got a gym now. He owns a, you know, he's got a, you know, he's made some money. And I'm still saying that guy easily beats 85% of the people. Whether he's going to be able to hang with those young guys at the top, you know. And I think that's what hurts the most. It's that it wasn't that he, he, he it was another war. He was edged out. Yeah. It was, he was blasted yeah. out. No, he there. was blasted out by a guy that from the first second of that fight looked like he belonged in there. Like he wasn't rattled at all. And look, I mean, look, Frankie Edgar. You know, Jeremy Stevens is a world beater now. He's on a freaking roll. Frankie, Frankie beat him, what, a year ago, two years, within two yeah. years. I mean, there's a guy killing people. Frankie beat that guy, you know, and Jeremy Stevens wants to make a title run, and he looks like his head's in a good spot now. So who even know? you know, that might be a bad matchup for Ortega. Who knows? But, 
I, I just think now it's, you know, you lose a year, you get injured, you had a broken orbital, you had it back out of the last fight. That's a, that's a crappy injury. Now he gets almost decapitated. I mean, he's just a great guy, and I don't know. That, 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 that was troublesome to me to watch, you know. I don't know why, but, you know, I just, I like the guy, and, and, like, again, the other guy really looked like he belonged in there. From, well, I think that's the know. troublesome part is that it, it, there isn't, there isn't uh, any sort of excuse you can throw on there. Other than no, he just got blasted no. No, by a got, guy who knew exactly what he was doing. It was yeah. it wasn't a lucky elbow. No, it wasn't not. a lucky uppercut. This is a guy who saw no. saw yeah. a pattern, yes. identify it quickly. We, we've talked before about the evolution of MMA. Yeah, the evolution of these fighters, and you're seeing this yeah. brawler who, again, coachability. Is, is in when you listen to the interviews, is almost raised by Henry Gracie. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. in in, the, in 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 some ways, and and this guy's got a and mindset that's it goes deep, man. Yeah. Well, yeah, this, because this you guy's, know, guy's going to be tough. Those to guys, like even Jeremy Stevens, that had those crazy, hard childhoods, man. They, they when they get it together mentally, that's a different animal, you know. And Ortega's a really nice kid, right? You yeah. you got to I know him. A little. Yeah, I fought in the same car with him yeah, twice. Yeah. Hung out with him. Yeah, yeah, really sweet kid. Uh, old man's a good guy, right? I mean, one guy who had him picked though for that fight. Just saying, you did pick on my bets. I should jump across. Bet on my bets. Smack you for going <laughs> against Frankie. We can't go. I'm not going against. Frankie. It went I against them. I'm just saying. I knew. I had a feeling who was going to win. Yeah. The young buck. He wasn't against Frankie. He was for Brian. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And, Brian, Brian's the homie. You know. It, yeah. I I do like Frankie, but for from my personal standpoint as a fighter, I always felt it was kind of odd that. I've never had the opportunity to train with those guys. And then I got an opportunity to hang out with, you know, Brian and other guys and cross train with a whole bunch of different other people. So it's kind of like, it's kind of like that. So when you get the opportunity to meet those guys and hang out with them, it's a, uh, it's a little bit different of a mutual respect and uh, a different bond that you have with those guys. So that's, that's kind of where my take was when I, I kind of had uh Brian Ortega pick for that fight. He's gotten better every single fight, five wins in a row, Dude, five finishes in a row. I'm fascinated by his mindset. Listening to him speak, I'm a huge uh, Henner Gracie fan. All things yeah. uh, Henner Gracie and and his wife Eve. I'm I'm a fan of all things they do. They do incredible empowered women programs and jujitsu programs on the West Coast. Uh, and and when I heard uh, Brian and and his conversations and how you know jujitsu really did uh, save his save, life, he man. saved his life for real. And to see that mindset, there was no part of him. Uh, that was even blinking at uh, at the fact that Frankie Edgar, who Ray Longo, oh by the way, side note, folks, Ray Longo, he, uh, we went 14 minutes into the show before his first bathroom break. He had to, he had to <laughs> and, go potty, and, 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 and being that he also went before this started, so this is our record so far, 14 minutes in, and but you know Ray Longo says Frankie Edgar is 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 maybe the best to ever step uh, in there, step in there, and to see that Brian. There was no part of him that was going to even blink at this, and and that's a scary mindset for me, for anyone who's got to face that guy. Yeah, for sure. I I just feel like you you look at all his other fights. That's just the growth he's made technically in the stand up. I mean, that's where most of the guys were besting him, and then he just finds a way to stick around. And if you keep him in there long enough, he finds a way to win. And I think from the Hanato fight where we both fought on the uh, UFC two fourteen card, uh, he took a he took a lot of punishment in that fight. Uh, he blocked a lot of punches. It didn't look like it blocked a lot of punches with his face, and somehow he managed to get that guy so tired from punching him that he shot in and locked up that guillotine, and it was like instant reflex. There was no type of like hesitation whatsoever. Locked it up, 
got him out of there in the third round with like a minute left on the clock. How old is Edgar? 36. Oh, so he's... I thought he was a little older than that, but he's, yeah, 36. He's just been around a while. Yeah, he's yeah. been around a long... And he fought on the uh, underground as well. You know, so he fought a lot on these, uh, the old school fighting with like no rules and things like that. So he's been around the scene for a long time. FYI, I'm in Ray's seat right now and I'm going to, I'm going to get out of that. Where'd we leave off? We were talking about Brian, his mindset, and and uh, and how even in the fight with with Frankie leading up to it, I watched the the interviews. Uh, I'm always fascinated by that, and there was no part of him that was fidgeting at all. Yeah, uh, he he's he's had a tough enough life, and again, his work in jujitsu has really solidified this kid not only in his in the tools that he offers, but that mindset. That's this kid's gonna be tough to beat. Yeah, yeah. Oh no, I think. Uh... No, obviously the fight now, Holloway and, and Brian Ortega is a great fight. That's a and really And you can't help but fight. feel for Frankie Edgar, man, because he's yeah. a good dude. Here, here yeah. he had this last-minute uh, uh, save up. the and card. I, and I don't like the last-minute switch-ups, man. And then you you hear that that uh, Dana White said, you know what, Connor did say, I'll fight him. Uh, but we already did the, the Brian fight. Right. We had already set up the Ortega fight. So you hear Frankie misses out on the Holloway. Misses out on the McGregor, loses this guy, so he's not fighting Holloway next. I mean, that's that's a you can't help but feel for a guy who you want you want him to have those big money fights. Yeah, exactly. Just 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 out of respect for the career he's had. Yeah. And he's a wrestler. I'm a wrestler. So is there is there like a, a camaraderie, I guess, amongst fighters when you when you welcome each other into each other's camps? Is that kind of sorta? You know, I think if you if you just click with the guy, you have some type of vibe. Uh, I feel like a lot of guys I've cross-trained with, I, I've had good rapports with and good relationships where I, I tell them, you know, I'm going to come back or they're more than welcome to come out here and come train with me. Yeah. And that's pretty much how I, I, I think it's been. like any other relationship. Either you click, you know, or you don't click. But do you do yeah. that? Is that a thing that you do on your when you're not in a camp? Um, and you, do you go visit other gyms? Do you, do, you, do you try to add that? How does that work? Is that? I want to. But sometimes it it can be a little tough, just with all the other everyday life things that go like that go on. Because some people, you have to remember, like as fighters, some most of us still have other jobs or other obligations. We still have our everyday lives. Some of us have families and things like that. So sometimes it can make those kind of things, those little adventures and trips, to get that extra training a little tougher than what you would like it to be. Yeah, it's tough. Then we just had a. You know, we've had people in one of one of the things I love about the job is you get to meet people from all over the world. We just had that kid in for a month, Pietro Panini. He's fighting next week. I wanted me to go with him. I had a free ticket to Venice, but you know, I got these guys fighting. I just felt it would have been the worst thing for me to do as far as Pietro Panini. Pin, pa, believe it or not, Pietro Panini. Yeah, that's a beautiful name. <laughs> okay. yeah, Pietro, Pietro Panini. Beautiful Italian name. Yeah, well, Mike Rosigliano and Pietro Panini. But um, yeah, but it would have, would have been a great trip. Fight was in Venice. I mean, yeah, come on, how much suck. better does it get than that? You know, and his his mother wrote me a beautiful letter. I hope to meet you someday. Thanks for taking care of the kid. And I think those those are the reasons I really do what I do. I mean, those little letters and you know, meeting people. Forget about meeting a guy from California. But that's not even bad. You know, you got friends all over the country. But in other you know uh, continents and you know like. 
well, people. You, know, you go to Italy and you have you. people you can go see. You go that's got to feel good to you to yeah, know that you've it. built a reputation in which someone would want to travel yeah. over an ocean to to, was awesome. to yeah. get your ear, to get your yeah. opinion and, and help. I yeah, think that's was, awesome. I thought it was it was great. And we had another kickboxing girl in Daria Albers from uh, sure. Germany, you know, and she was a sweetheart. Sure. And, like, again, it's, it's just back. really to meet people, understand their cultures, get a different view. I don't know. That's that's worth more than a lot of money to me. You know what I mean? I'm fortunate to be able to do it, and I I think it's a great thing, man. I really, uh, you know, and that's just the start of it. You know, right? Do you see a lot of uh, in Italy? I haven't heard of many fighters coming out of Italy. Are there? Is that is the sport growing there? Do you know? Or I mean, there's a couple. Where you had Sakara, right? He was from Rome, uh, and they they got got girls pretty good now, right? The uh, jujitsu girl. I think she just lost. Uh, Mackenzie Dern? No, no, no. she, she was a, she a, a real Italian name. I, I don't know. But there's a couple. But I don't think it's a – they don't have MMA like a lot of other places yeah. for sure. They do have one guy in the UFC right now, something like Victoria or right, something, right, right. something like that. More, they're more on the striking, I think. I don't think they're, they're ground. Obviously, uh, you would know better than me, but the wrestling doesn't yeah. look like it's on par. But the other the other coach was – his jiu-jitsu wasn't bad, right? Oh, uh, Mateo. Yeah. No, it, was pretty, it was solid. Right? Not solid, bad, yeah. solid, solid grappling. So, but not not a place where you're going to see a lot of people coming out. It's not like uh, Dagestan or, you know, some of these other places where they're just grinders, yeah. you know? I mean, even a, even a valet parker in Russia is going to give you a tough fight. You know, those <laughs> yeah. guys are just yeah. coming. They're a different breed, man. You know what I mean? It's not. You don't even have to be a fighter, you know, yeah. the, the bartender. They throw him in the octagon. You're gonna have to kill him. You know. <laughs> so, is but. it? Is I wonder. I wonder. Uh, well, you ask if it's growing in Italy. I'm not convinced it's growing here. So never mind uh, Italy. I think that the mixed martial arts as a as a fitness option is growing here more than the actual sport itself, which would explain a lot of times why they've kind of switched to an entertainment model on the on the, on the big show. So I'm I'm curious what those numbers would be. Uh, there's really no way to tell, but you could just. I actually one of our questions uh, uh, and feedback kind of gets this. Actually, maybe I'll even get to it now. Yeah. Folks, you're listening to MMA and Beyond. You could you can participate in the show through MMAandBeyond.com. You could also reach out to Ray Longo or myself, Ray Longo MMA, and I'm Steve Maraboli. One word. We got Funk Master Aljamain Sterling in studio today. You can reach him. Uh, he is Funk Master underscore UFC on both Twitter and Instagram. Aljo, you got a fight coming up in April. Yes, I do. April 21st, we are going back to Atlantic City. Atlantic. Where it all started. Where it all started, Aljo. Yes. Beautiful Atlantic City. The boardwalk is <laughs> gorgeous this time of year. Don't leave the boardwalk. Just don't leave the boardwalk. Let me see. I, I saw one someone's uh, uh, feedback here. Um, Dan from Chicago. He says, two questions. What do you think of Ronda's WWE debut? And number two, do you think MMA has a popularity threshold? I'll let you start, uh, Ray. Uh, I mean, I didn't see her debut, but uh, power to her. I think uh, this is what she has to do now. She has to, you know, if she's going to make money and she likes doing it, I think that's a great option for her. I think she earned the right to, uh, you know, to do anything she wants to do, acting or WWE or, you know, whatever it is. So, yeah, I think that's good. And do you think uh, MMA has a popularity threshold? Meaning? My guess, or where I'm taking it, is do you think it could only get so popular, kind of like soccer? 
in the uh, U.S. You know, it can only get so popular. They've tried in so many different ways, um, and it only gets so popular. Does MMA have a similar threshold? Uh, you know, look, I think they did a great job with getting it the popularity to where it is, but, I mean, it looks like it's a little stagnant, but I think they've hit a really a good enough point where it should be able to sustain, you know, sustain itself for a while. But I think the, probably the answer is... It probably does at this point, and we might be at it. <laughs> I, I, I think so. Yeah, so, we might yeah. be at it. But Aljo, as a fighter, you would even, you know, as a coach, I'm feeling it. You know, like, even with Aljo, when, you know, we had, like, uh, Aljo, Iaquinta, uh, Weidman. It, it seemed like, uh, I hope I'm not leaving anybody out either, but uh, it, it really seemed like the growth was, at that point, was crazy. Now I don't see, you know, we have guys, but not – I'm not feeling like what I felt with those guys. You know what I mean? There was something different in the air, you know, when those guys were uh, first came on to the team and stuff. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not feeling that. But uh, you know, we have we have a bunch of really good amateurs now. But you know, these guys all came in with a pedigree, the wrestling pedigree. They it, it was different, man. I don't know. I mean, is we're gonna have to wait and see. You know, I'll could just be me. I'll chime in on that in a second. Yeah. Would love to hear. Uh... Um, I'm gonna pass on Ronda's debut. I didn't see it either, and yeah. I'm with you. I make money, like slam, make money. I think it's uh, great. Triple yeah, H or something like that. Sure, make I think money. that's her signing. Yeah, she's yeah, make yeah, money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, look, the Mike, whole... you watch that? Yeah, my son Luke. Loves oh, awesome. It. Look, the whole so thing is think? it's a platform, right? Yeah, the UFC, just like Feraljo, man. It's, he's gonna be able to, you know, take his popularity, and it's the burden is on him to do what he wants with it. You know what I mean? Like I, even for not myself, you know, I. I can go in a bunch of different areas. I'm happy doing what I'm doing now, but it's really given me the ability, just almost like what we were just talking about, meet people from Italy, meet yeah. people from Germany, and, you know, I can go in 50 different directions if I but want right, to. But, Ray, going back to and, I, and I'm a coach, you know, and right. I'm not even a fighter. So from what you were saying, Steve, you know, with the sport itself, I got to believe that there's a certain breed of person that goes into MMA to fight. You know, it, it, is a, it is a conditioning sport that people can do and get in good shape, but what percentage of the population can, can do it as a sport like golf or like tennis? You know, getting into a ring and, and getting popped in the face, it takes a certain type of animal to be able to do that. Um, so I got to believe that, you know, the popularity of the sport itself as a fitness is, can grow, but the sport itself, I don't know how, you know, how big it can get. I think it's in a, I think it's in a transition phase, and I get some flack from fighters for this because of my view of it, um, but I really do. I think that it was a clear business model change. As a businessman, I saw it. I see it. I, I don't think that it was sustainable the way that they were doing it. Fighters get frustrated because they, they want the merit based on their athleticism and their victories, and you'll hear them say stuff like, wait, I beat this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy. How come I'm not in this title fight and someone else is because they have a platform? because it's somewhere switched into an entertainment model. It's still on a merit fighting model, sure, but it's it's more on an entertainment model. Yeah, people want to see a fight that they want to see, not necessarily yeah. the two best fighters, but the two, the most entertaining right. fight. And, I think we and that's unfortunate. Yeah, I think we discussed this before. I think they're going to move more towards a boxing thing, like super fights and you know, look, as far as you know, everybody was complaining about the pay, but like even like Aljo and Al the money they were making, if they were boxes, they would have making a couple of hundred bucks a round. I mean, that's just the bottom line. You know what I mean? So I don't think what they were making was fair. 
but it was still better. You don't want it to go back to, you know, it's almost like, you know, there's no middle class anymore. <laughs> right, you know right. I mean? You're either rich yeah. or you're poor. So you're either Ali Frazier, you're either the Thriller in Manila or Hagler Hearns or Leonard, you know, Duran, or you're, you're fighting in clubs, man. And that, that I don't think will be good either. But I kind of think that's where we might be moving to where – you know, it's going to be McGregor against Holloway, you know, and that's going to be it. And you're going to get a couple of fights under that, but you're tuning in for that fight. And if you can't, you know, put asses in the seats, you're not making that money. You know what I mean? So, you know, that's where the entertainment thing comes in. They want these guys hyping the fights and doing what they have to do. And uh, it's hard doing everything, man. <laughs> it really, it really is. is. I mean, And especially when you don't have that thing. What Aljo just said was – was huge uh, where yeah. I said, hey, listen, so if you want to uh, tweak your game, if you want to jump into other camps, if you, I'm talking to a professional athlete yeah. whose answer was, I would love to, so many fighters would love to, but some of us have jobs and other stuff. We can't necessarily yeah. do that. Hidden in that is, Steve, hey, that's yeah. expensive to do what you just described, right. and, uh, and we're not making millions per fight, so we can't just go – go to wherever for whatever state for a month and train with these guys. That's huge. And, and a lot of, a lot of professional uh, yeah, he, sports he, don't have that. Yeah. Who, who, who get the amount of numbers. The UFC gets numbers. Yeah. People watch this. Their advertising revenue is yeah. tremendous. And so uh, the, the idea that a professional ranked professional in there is like, Hey, would love to, but that's just not the life of yeah. this type of professional athlete. That, that will uh, always uh, hit the threshold. Yeah. And the bigger they got, even with marketing stuff, like uh, Baljo, when he fights, you got media obligations you got to go to. I mean, even coming up, man, Matt was, he was pretty good with that. I mean, I seen him shut down a lot. I'm not doing it, period. You know, they would come to his room. It's like two days before the fight. And he goes, that's just too much. I'm not doing it. You know what I mean? So now you don't even have that option, I don't think. I think the pressure is really on you to – Market and to do market it. and yeah. to do. I mean, you. Yeah. You, like, hey, you better sell yourself right now. <laughs> your, 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 your Instagram, your Instagram and Twitter stays pretty uh, active. Pretty I, active. I try to because that's like the main way to keep fans engaged. They always say like, oh, I, I can't get nobody to like ever reply or respond to me. So, I think they appreciate that when someone actually writes back or fa likes their, their their tweets or quotes their tweet or retweets or anything like that. Even on Instagram now, now you can like like people's comments and stuff like that. So it's a good way to stay engaged. So sometimes I'll scroll through the Explore page and just checking out different things. And I don't mind liking someone's stuff. Like, what's that? You know, that's free. It's not like it's right. costing me money. I'm already on the thing. So I was like, why not? You know, if I'm going to be on this thing, why not engage with people and actually have a conversation? You know, if you want to talk crap to me, go ahead. I'm going to dish it back. What percentage of people would you say? What percentage would be negative? On on I, Twitter's a lot of negativity, right? But Twitter's, Instagram not as much. It's the ultimate. Twitter is the ultimate trolling platform. If you want to troll somebody, you get on Twitter right away. But uh, the the percentage of negativity, it, it actually has gotten has gone down a lot more. I think ever since my fight after with Augusto Mendez after uh, I lost that split decision to Rafael Sunsau, um, I got a lot of flack for like the kicking and stuff like that. But once everything, once I started boxing, like oh. This guy can actually box. He he just doesn't do it. So I, I think I kind of earned some respect in, in that regards. But outside of that, um, even after I lost the Marlin fight, I thought it was going to be a lot worse. Like the memes and everything. I was actually prepared for it. But 
It was. It really wasn't as bad as I you thought. You also it was addressed be. it, Aljo. I mean, yeah. right? You. I mean, honestly, it, if I was looking at that, if that was somebody else, it was kind of like a funny thing. So I'm like, I, I, I understand. And you like, can laugh. I am a human you can laugh too. Yourself, yeah. yeah it, it happens. I kind of, you know, you sign up for this, so, you know, you just gotta put your big boy, your big boy <laughs> pants on, and uh, just deal with it. And that's pretty much it. So what do you? Who, who are you fighting on the uh, in April? I'm fighting Brett Johns. He's 15 and 0. He's from Wales, over in uh, England, I guess. The UK, I think he's like one of the biggest names that are coming out of that gym. They're hyping him up to be a really no easy fight for Al big Jeff. contender. Which which I read on he's three and zero in the UFC, and he had two decisions in his, in his in his first two fights. In his last one, he hit a calf slicer in like thirty seconds over Joe Soto, who was a former title challenger. So I got my work cut out for me, but I, I think in the grappling department, I I should more than likely have the edge and on him there. And it's going to come down to who wants it more. And I think he's slowed down in a lot of his previous fights where I can exploit that and take big advantage of it and put him away. Is he ranked? He's ranked 14th, I think. 14th. Oh, so he's coming for you. He's coming He's coming he, for he, me. He, I think he, he's going to try to test my chin, but I don't think he realizes that, that was a flash knockout. It was one of those those shots where you just if you don't see it coming, it kind of just gets you like that. So... I don't think he realized that I, I can still take a pretty good shot. And if I need to, I put my chin down and we'll, we could bang if we need to. But I'm going to put him on his butt. Welcome back, sir. Dude, this is going to be Dude, a long night. Do you want night. us to bring this, a bucket next this time? Potty break, number two. Have a I request the I'll start a tally for you right now. This is a world record. Now, this was one of my better workouts tonight, so I was I died down to a lot of water. I'm in trouble tonight. <laughs> we, we, crushed it. we crushed it at the gym tonight Putting in that time folks You're listening to MMA and Beyond We're on episode 6 Bringing in all the listeners Make sure you tell everybody We've got we've got Aljo in studio today You can check out Aljo At Funkmaster underscore UFC That's on Twitter and Instagram Of course he is the UFC bantamweight Ranked number 9 Has a big fight April 21st in Atlantic City Ray Yes. Ray, you're fighting your bladder and getting I tell you what. Beat, I, and you know who's winning? <laughs> getting My beat. bladder. Getting beat. You could do feedback at our website, MMAandBeyond.com, or you could instant message anybody uh, on the show. Let's go with Brittany. Brittany from Long Beach. She said, I recently heard Rogan talk about gloves and wrist tapes. He thinks fighters would be safer without them. Do you agree? Do you see this being implemented in the future? Uh, very simply, possibly agree, will never be implemented in the future. But he might be right, but you're never going to see that. But how? What, why but, Why is that but, safer? Well, I think he's saying that you, you'd probably have to be a little more accurate with your striking and you wouldn't want to load up as much uh, that you would with a when your hands are tight, taped and tight and you got right. padding. Oh, on, those are so. sledgehammers. You got yeah. sledgehammers on your I Look, Matt's first, I'm going to say his first three or four fights in the UFC, I never taped his hands. I used to just put the gloves on, and back then they, you know, that was okay. You know, never ever put tape on his hands. But uh, safety-wise, you should tape your hands always, obviously, and it's good to have a little protection on there. But I think if you even, you know, I think he might be coming from the point. If you even look at like uh, Thai boxing, they have I forget what the hell they call it, but they do a bare knuckle contest every year it is nowhere near like the thai boxing it's not the kumite no it's not yeah. you know it's a totally no. different animal you know i'm talking about that you know, <laughs> they put like the rope on their hands it's like a yeah. traditional thing but it, it does take away something so it might be safer he might be right but as far as do you see it being implemented in the future i'm going to say 100 percent will never be implemented in the future 
because I think the public would then really take something that they've already viewed as barbaric right. and say this is really they're, they're, they're not going to see cage, it. Right. Right. They're not going to see it. Well, they like, had the bare knuckle boxing yeah, over in Europe, right? I mean, in England and stuff and that, like that. That was, doesn't look good either, yeah. you know. Because yeah. you really can't go crazy because now you don't have any protection on your hands. You know, your, your hand's not meant to be smashing off another guy's head. Right. You know <laughs> what I mean? Al Joe, are yeah. you sleeping? I drop elbows on heads. Yeah, he drops elbows. You're better off. <laughs> Definitely better off. Ask Brian Ortega, yeah. who started that whole flurry with that with an oh. elbow. I mean that was just perfectly timed. Yeah, and it's because Frankie's always doing that, like that doubling up, switch motion, that switch step, and he comes in, and he just. Well, he went to right fake hand. a right hand and come with a left hook, and he didn't yeah. bring his right hand back to his head. That, yeah, that's, and and. Frankie, because of his size, has to, has has to, to encroach it. Yeah, right. That's the difference. So he kind of has to walk into that elbow if you time it. If he was lengthier, he would have gotten that combo off. Because if you if you look at it, he fakes a right, and then instead of bringing that hand back, as he goes to throw the hook, the guy just he kind of walked right into it. You know. But you, if you go back and look at the fight, and Frankie was doing good, really, he was good. moving. But if you go back and look at Ortega, he was he was picking up on his rhythm. As he was going back, he, he absolutely the, saw the pattern. Yeah, I think he's. I, I think, I think he. I'm, I'm agreeing 100 percent with you. You know, he and he got hit a couple of times, but he was rolling and he was so relaxed that yeah, he was he was in the zone. That kid, that that kid was winning that fight that night. You know, you know what I, I find interesting. Again, when we go back into this this idea of the evolution of the sport itself. I feel like he, this, this Ortega kid is a reflection of that, and Frankie is a reflection of the transition where where he is. He he's, he he keeps that pattern, and these young kids today are just seeing those patterns. They're just seeing it. They're knowing that it's happening. Well, look, Frankie's got more hours in the octagon than anybody. So <laughs> if you more? look, if you look in the study tape on a guy, there's no better guy than to study Frankie Edgar. You know what I mean? Because He's got a hundred hours in the octagon, yeah. you know. I mean, as he, but Brian Ortega doesn't have that many hours in the octagon. Yeah. Why? Why are you smirking right now? That's what I want. <laughs> I'm to listening. Say. He's smirking because uh, he picked Ortega. Are you learning anything right now? <laughs> and it's so funny because he did shot you, in. You didn't help Ortega win that fight, did you? No, you not didn't. at all. Okay, thank you. He shot in and he snatched up his neck right away, and he had you got to you got to respect the choke. Always yeah. respect the choke. Yeah, I don't think that choke was close, but I think, you know, yeah. he was. It was enough to make him maybe stop and think. You know yeah. what? If you drive I'm through gonna... on that, now it becomes a problem. Yeah. Do you spend a lot of time watching tape, Aljo? I used to a lot more, and I would drive myself nuts by doing it. And be like, but what if he does this? And what if he does that? And I'm like, man, just go out there and just fight. You watch it a few times. You see if they have any patterns, and after that, I just kind of like. You just got to do your thing out there and dictate the pace. If you let them dictate the pace, then you're fighting their fight. And that's one of the things I start to realize. I just If I fight the way I, I do in training, it's going to be good things are going to happen. I mean, I, I'm a big believer in that, man. The harder you train and the better sparring you have, I mean, it, the fight should be easy compared to your sparring. I mean, we're switching out a little bit because of the injuries, but that that's always the best way to do it. And people could, you know, they could – uh, criticize AKA, but man, dude, they got some world champions coming out of there, man. I mean, that's the price you pay, but those guys are going to war, and it, it shows in the octagon. 
Do you, do you have a particular fight that you feel you learned the most in? Win or loss? Uh, most likely loss, right? I'm going to say... Caraway. The, the Caraway, <laughs> but I, I think I learned a lot more from the Asuncao fight. Because just from the, all the buildup of him being this elite striker and then them pegging me as the grappler, I kind of went out there with a, with a chip on my shoulder. Like, I want to prove that I can strike. And I, I like, really utilize no grappling whatsoever, which probably played to, the, to, to me possibly losing that fight for sure because I didn't mix it up as well as I think I did in, like, previous fights. But um, just learning that, I think in the third I think he caught me one good time in the second round where he popped my head back, and I realized, I was like, if that's the hardest this guy's, like, that's the, if that's it, then I should have been fighting this guy like this from the beginning of the fight, like, that kind of confidence. And then third round, I just started walking him down, like, realizing, like, yeah, you I, can't, I, really I, can't hurt me. And I thought Aljo won that fight. I mean, close. we, we went but, over the, the I, went, I remember going back and looking at the kicks and the punch stats and, they were way off, man. I think he threw over a hundred kicks in one round. Yeah, I mean, they, he, that I mean, was they way, weren't that was even way off. close on that. I mean, if you're a if you're a judge and you were counting kicks, Aljo 100 percent won that fight. You know, I, I thought I lit his body yeah. up. I really yeah. did. I like pretty much almost broke my foot against his against his legs and his body, just just slamming those kicks home. But judges are are predictably horrible. It seems yeah. in these fights. Uh, I saw some on, on Saturday night, last night. Split they were, decisions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, yeah, just, uh, yeah. The, it's it, it's, yeah. it's reliably h- horrible. At least one of the judges yeah. on, on almost every uh, every night. Now you mentioned the Caraway fight. Yeah, he fought Saturday too. I was hoping he did won he that fight. fight. Did he fights. Yeah, split yeah. decision. He lost split yeah, he decision lost. to who? Uh, that guy Cody Stammen. Oh wow! The other guy that what they offered me fight pass. Yeah. Wow. They did him greasy. Oh, that's horrible, <laughs> man. I didn't even see. I didn't see the fight pass fights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I made sure I watched that one because I actually wanted Caraway to win because I think if you do lose to anybody, them winning the next fight makes you look, you know, makes you look a little bit better and it doesn't hurt as much. Now, did he have Misha Tate in the corner? No, no. Misha, in uh, the, but he killed Misha him in, in that first round. Oh wow! Almost submitted him. Caraway's a really, really experienced fighter. Yeah, he a is. very experienced fighter. I think it's experience that had him beat you. Yeah. A little bit, I think. Well, I think he, I th- you gassed out with I that think one he submission. Out. I think yeah, that yeah. you were trying for that. And that could be yeah, attributed to experience. You might have yeah. let it go and went to something else, you know. So. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But you live and you learn. Yeah. Did you see Mackenzie Dern? I did not see that fight. Bunch of hype? Yeah. I don't Cher, know. Cher, what do you think? I think she's uh, got a lot of work to do still with, you know, any young fighter. I, how many fights she has? Only five or six? So she's still relatively young and green, but her ground game is no joke. Oh, well, yeah, provable ground yeah. game. Her striking, she, she, uh, you know, she, from from my eyes, she yeah. could definitely use uh, some, some pinpoint striking coach, someone like a Ray Longo. I'll bring her over. <laughs> Let's do it. I think that third round, she won the fight on her grappling when she took she, her down, yeah. took her back. I think that's what sealed the round for her. But other than that, I thought I couldn't tell who was really winning. It was kind of going back and forth, and yeah. You can't help but uh, oh, and and I, I wanted to tell you the Lombard fight. Oh yeah. Right, <sighs> right after we had that conversation, they did the right thing on that one. They well, here's the deal. Here, here is the deal. Yeah, let's break this one down. Let's, let's, let me break this down. Hey, for I, you. I, I, anytime you just mention referees 
and he'll yeah, turn. No, let me let me tell you something. It's he, almost he, like he mentioning has, cloning. No, to Mike. here's the problem. Right? <laughs> I, I think up. I'd rather talk about cloning. <laughs> uh, this is a major problem. Did they do the right thing? According to them, according to the referees, no, they did the wrong thing. Because here's why. I'm going to go back to Holly Holm versus Geranda May. And she got hit after the bell. And John McCarthy's answer was, that bell means nothing. You keep fighting until the ref separates you. Period. So now why would they disqualify Hector Lombard based on that statement? The bell means nothing. He did not get separated by that ref. I mean, because honestly, Holly Holm should be the champion at that point. They screwed that girl over. They did nothing. No point deduction. Zero. And then that was the answer they got. That bell, it's protect yourself at all times. The bell means absolutely nothing. You keep fighting. That's what he, That's what they said. You keep fighting until I separate you. So why the hell would you DQ Hector Lombard? I agree. I mean, this is not... Now, I'm not saying I agree with that. I'm right. saying that's what they say. The so, bell can't mean nothing. It, the bell is a is a it signal the for the, the ref round. to jump in and stop that fight. You do not stop fighting really? when you hear to the bell. To jump in. This is what that they ref. say, Steve. This that is a <laughs> this isn't me. That's I'm not making this up. This is the ruling. Protect yourself at all times. That bell is an indicator for the ref to jump in there. To the two fighters. Wow. You keep fighting until that ref separates you. I want to really want an answer on why they would DQ that guy. You know, this is the problem. And even Rogan during the podcast, then Herb Dean starts talking. Now they, they start talking between us, and they start whispering. Right, they yeah, do, yeah. We want to know the rules. <laughs> right. This is the problem. Nobody knows what's going on. Now you're going to, why are you whispering? Here's the, here's the biggest problem it I'm starting to see. should be transparent. A hundred percent. Nobody knows what the hell is going on. And these guys now, because, look, Aljo, name, uh, who's your favorite baseball umpire? I cannot tell Basketball you. Basketball ref. I cannot tell you. Football. I cannot tell you. Exactly. But we know the MMA that's refs. The, that's right. You know, <laughs> but this celebrity status now has put these guys in the position. Wow. I don't want to be the bad guy. You know what? As a referee, you're there to enforce the rules, and you should be a bad guy. you got to make decisions. That You know, that's what I'm saying. Dan Miglia did not make the decision in the – in the Stevens fight the week before or two weeks before. You know, he wants to sign autographs and take pictures with everybody. You know why? That shit's got to stop. Yeah. You're in there to do a job. Do your fucking job and that's it. You know what I mean? But I think that's the thing. You can't name an, a baseball umpire. And you want to kill those guys when they call a strike, if that's what they think. You know what I'm saying? Right. Not in, the, not in, this, not in this game. Everybody's a meet and greet and they're nice guys and... Now we're whispering. Let's not even let him hear what we're talking about, Steve, because I think we might. We, this is a problem. Yeah. What are you? Are you even Joe Rogan said, dude, let, I want to hear what, what he has to right. say. Transparency is important, especially not when happening. there's so many questions. Not about happening. The, how do you have a sport with. But you, how, why are there so many questions about the rules? Like, what are the rules? Yeah, I, we went through this. Keep it simple, stupid. You know, the KISS principle. <laughs> Seriously. You should not have to be thinking in there as a fighter what you're doing. Yeah. You're fighting, you're on edge, your adrenaline's pumping through the roof, and a guy slams a body kick at you, and your reaction is to counter and return, and it just so happens to come after the bell where they both land. There's no question How is that your fault? The ref ref was like this, kind of like hesitant, like he didn't want to jump in there because he saw Hector Lombard loading up for his combo, 
And he was like, I don't want any parts of jumping yeah. in between this. And he yelled, stop, twice. You could see him go, stop, stop. Dude, you're supposed to jump in there and pull the guy off or pull the guy back or put your hand in right. there. But he didn't want to get hit by that guy. But right. with the bandwaits, you could see with the Dodson fight and the Pedro Munoz fight, he jumps in. The refs jump in. But that's what you're supposed to do. They're supposed to jump in and let you know, all right, the round's over. You better stop. Stop right. throwing punches. Stop throwing kicks. That fight, Guess what, he man, saw his like, no, 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 no. ref hears the clappers, <laughs> He's 10 ready. seconds left, man, you're in there, boy. You better be in there in position, especially when the guys are fighting. They're not moving around the ring. They're, you know, or they're on the floor and the guy's in a choke. You got to be right there. When you hear that bell, you break them up. Why are you going to stop in a combination, yeah. mid-combination, swinging in the floor? You hear the clapper and you guys just say, you know what? You point to the ground, you guys both just engage, and you're just swinging like wild men. Why are you going to stop until yeah. some, you know, you're not going to stop and let that guy just take a clean shot at you. It's not going to happen. It's just huh. instinct. When you think about yeah. it like that, and wow. I try to break that down yeah. to people, like, you don't know what it's like to be in there. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. When you're in there, it's completely different. You don't you don't stop unless the, I, if I see you about to throw something, I'm looking to throw back. That's, that's and I got to tell you, So man. you start, you initiate in like, almost like a machine. So you're saying, I'm about to throw this three-punch combo. Yeah, you just You just, just start throwing it. You're not even paying attention to your environment at that point. No, well, you shouldn't have to. Right. But hey, Steve, here's the, right. here's the deal. Like, especially if huh. the, they came out with that thing, the bell means nothing. If I'm a fighter, I'm gonna abuse well, that I'm going, rule right. to shit, man. Because now it just gets stupider and stupider. Every it's, it becomes a right contest. You know, nobody gives a shit about what really should happen. They just want to be right. Oh no, no, this is the rules. Oh, I'm right. You know, what I mean, they don't care. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I'm saying. Not, not you, really, the bell, you sh that's it. That means it's over. You want to rely on the other guy? If I'm going to, I'll take advantage <laughs> of that rule any day of the week, man. Come get me. I'm swinging until you're on my back. That's what you want? I'd rather have an understanding that there's good sportsmanship, and when that bell rings, you make the right decision. You know what I mean? And the guy's there to, just in case... You didn't hear it. Or, wow. But this is, and this is it. And we could look this up and we could talk. I'm sure it's going to come up, but I think Hector Lombard. And I, I'm look, if based on my rules, what I would do, it should have been a DQ. Based on what they're saying the rules are, Hector Lombard get, got done dirty, period. Based on what they're saying the rules are, there's no reason for a disqualification. And if that's the case, why did they – I mean, Geranda may hit Holly Holm with a solid right hand. And she that, wasn't the same that. After poor that. kid had to freaking come out and it. fight after that. Are you kidding? And that's what you say. No, no, it's, it's you got to keep fighting, man, until that ref step. That bell means nothing. Yep. Yeah. To hear to hear your point of view, Aljo is 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 remarkable because I didn't I didn't think of that. Well, you're throwing that combo, especially at that moment. You're not paying attention to the bell at all, no. unless someone stands in front of you. I, yeah, you, you, if I hear ten seconds, I'm thinking I gotta get yeah, in yeah, as yeah, right. Much you want to get it right exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's the other thing. Like we say, even like you know, we'd be screaming, "Dial Joe, short time, let's do it. Finish yeah. on a you know, punctuate this round." Even in the bra fight, the right. second round when I'm on top and I'm yeah. laying the elbows, I heard the clapper. Oh yeah, you I gotta get heard go. It, yeah, but in my head, I'm like. I, I gotta start unloading yeah. as fast as I can. Right. I'm just slamming down shots, not even thinking about where. So you're thinking I'm, I'm slamming down shots going. until there's a referee I'm hitting yeah. instead. That's and what the they tell you. Okay. Period. That they tell you that's that's the rule. So how can they? Oh, I see your point then. So how yeah. can they tell you, hey, don't stop until the referee stops you? Yeah. And then tell you you're disqualified, you're disqualified for stopping. Uh, before because the, uh, oh, wow. does anybody know what the words? 
kangaroo court mean? Because that's really what we got here. This is a... Then, you know, every time something happens, something new comes up. Then there's pooling. You know, like, again, I went through this. Even with Weidman, when he got need, I mean, they took that guy out of the game. He doesn't know what's going on. He's Now he wants to recover. Now they're, they're giving him a chance. Then they just, that's it, the fight's over. over, right. Now, I was told by the commissioner in New York there is no instant replay in New York. And oh, they went the to the instant replay. Oh, yeah. yeah. Total chaos that night. You know what I mean? Nobody took responsibility. Zero culpability. Jeez, I'd like to hear some, you know what, we screwed up. That would even be better. You know, but no, nah, it's like, again, it's a right fest. Because who, and, and who? Who takes the culpability? Everyone's pointing fingers. And it seems that there's different rules in different places. Well, they definitely, that's definitely true because, you know, that, there's a... There's different a, commissions. Yeah. There's, you know, and that's, that's the thing when you talk about, earlier we talked about this, the threshold of the sport. You take a sport like soccer. If you play a soccer game here in, in New York or you play one in, in, in Venice, it's, it's the same rules. Yeah, it's the game, same game, same rules, same yeah. fouls. Everyone's it's it's. It, I think that the UFC, mixed martial arts in general, could could use that, could Something use that uniformity, that there is no question. Oh man, I could point to so many examples. Where I just you, I we have, have no the, idea, but even more. I mean, I, I don't even, even in the Eddie Alvarez Poirier fight, and they disqualified him, and too. then I Herb Dean goes over to Mark Ratner, he's the regulatory guy for the UFC. He goes, are you satisfied with that? He's not the athletic commission. I really, I swear to God, I really don't know what's going on. I really don't know. I don't know either. Even I don't know why he would ask Mark Ratton if he's happy with that decision. You're the referee. You work for the Nevada State Athletic Commission. This, you have rules. You're there to protect the fighter, keep the playing field level. Why are you asking a guy who's part of the promotion if he's okay with that? Yeah. He should have said, no, I'm not okay with it. Let him keep fighting. And then what happens? Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm telling you, there's a lot. It drives of, you crazy. I think it, it drives it, me it, crazy because I've been on the receiving end of some shitty right. decisions that I don't really get. I don't that think, you still don't understand. I still don't get it, yeah. <laughs> but for, even for another example from Saturday night, Sean O'Malley versus Andre Sukumtat, he was on his knee in the second round. He wasn't even, like, he was, like, ready to come up, and O'Malley just whips a head kick at him. While he's down, like a soccer kick. And Andre puts his hands up and blocks his face. People are saying, I'm like, that's an illegal blow. He One, he was down. Yeah. So you can't throw that. So two, now people are, I'm telling people, like, what happens in that situation? You're saying, people are saying, well, it didn't hit him. It hit his arms. I'm like, are you kidding me? You're supposed to not put your hands up, take the illegal shot, and get highlighted yeah. so that you can say you got fouled and it was a legal, dirty shot? Like yeah, I mean, it's just getting wacky. to the point now. It's it's just you might as well roll the dice sometimes and do something illegal. And whatever happens, yeah, right? happens. Whatever, yeah, and just plead your case, you know. It, it, I didn't it mean. seems I was like it could work out that way. Right? Yeah, yeah, I thought, you, know I thought I mean? you said if his hands were up. Yeah, like I, think the they got, I think they got the eye strikes down pretty good now, the groin shots. Uh, you know, they've made some adjustments based on, you know, I think it was Volante's fight with somebody where, you know, the guy said, can you, you know, can oh, you see? Saint You're not Peru. supposed to ask the guy if he could see. Over you just Peru, give yeah. him time to recover, and then, you know, you want me to get the doctor. But once you say, can you see, and the guy says, no, I'm a little blurry. 
fight's over. <laughs> over. And so they don't even ask anymore. Right. You know, now they, they corrected that. So they just <laughs> let you sit there blind until, you know, but the, you know what I mean? Like, it's really wacky. I don't know. Volante got screwed on that, too. He didn't, he didn't say he wanted to stop fighting. He's answering the question. No, my eyes are a little blurry. It's got poked it's in got the eye. What do, you think, the eye. Scott, what do you think happens when a guy sticks his finger in your eye? I don't know. Aljo, how's being in the UFC different, uh, a different experience, positive or negative? Uh, than you thought it would be when it would be when you were uh, training to be in the UFC. Well, for one, I'm gonna say I thought I would have been cashing out a lot bigger checks by this point, but that's just one. <laughs> when you're when you're a young aspiring fighter, uh, when I was 21, when I first you know first hit the regional circuit, uh, you only had those dreams and aspirations of getting to the UFC because you know at the end of the rainbow. Is that pot of gold that changed your life, and that's pretty much what I was looking for. You know, I I came up short wrestling in college, two-time All-American, but I didn't win it. So I always had like that chip on my shoulder, like I need to win something so that I can feel complete with my athletic career. Um, even in high school, I took second in the county, losing to a guy I beat twice, losing to a guy I beat the week before, and that just burned. So I took it <laughs> to college, and then that left the burn. I'm like, I gotta do something. I turned to MMA, had a great run, and um. You know, ran into a couple of bumps in the road, but uh, so far it's been good, man. I met a lot of good people traveling yeah, the world. Far, There's no far from over, right? yeah. Joe, and you're doing pretty good. Oh, 100%. Living, look, come on, you're living, honestly, yeah. you're living life. I'm not, I'm not making a ton of money, but I, I am living a life yeah, that I that, enjoy living. And traveled all traveling over the place. Australia, yeah. Poland. You know, I'm going to places I never thought was yeah. like anywhere near imaginable when I was in high school coming up. Yeah. And, and you're still a young guy. Movies. And you're still a young guy. You're read for a movie trying, part tonight. Yeah. Trying. <laughs> yeah, hey, I mean, listen, you're getting offers. A lot. Most yeah, people scene aren't, in, yeah. aren't getting those opportunities. So uh, that's fantastic. Before we go. You had a scene in a movie you never asked. Which no one yeah. will ever see, yeah, because <laughs> it'll never be done. Wow! Uh, no, he has nothing to do with that. Right. But uh, I was in it too. So great I'm movie. in the same great. boat. Aljo had a cameo, man. He did great. We we could do a whole show, uh, Mike, about the movie industry, and uh, and just the nonsense of it, the promises, the. Uh, the, I have I have a big one, man. We'll that definitely is, talk about that. We should actually talk about that. And talk that is a totally different, different world. No, it's a totally different world, man. It's, it's like if you're telling the truth, you're an idiot. It's it's yeah, so crazy, man. It, it's uh, I I could tell whole stories about about promises and all that. Oh Everyone's got it figured out. It's always the next thing, and they really in my, in my case, I feel like they they just kind of just use you to steal money man from other people it's 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 really it's really crazy I, before i, I go it, i want to yeah, talk about cyber yeah. cyborg you mentioned the fight uh it was a completely imbalanced fight yeah mismatch Com a, a complete mi mis mix match what do you do with cyborg uh i mean look there's only one thing to do with her now and that's uh let her fight brian ortega <laughs> there's only one way to go she fights ortega the winner gets a shot in holloway that's what i'm saying <laughs> that's really and it. i gotta tell you i don't want to be brian ortega <laughs> in that fight. i think you let it go in there with the bell shadow box for a little bit on the card like intermission and yeah. either that's that it, or there's nobody else well, they find the uh, they find the bear that khabib used to wrestle and they throw the bear in with her, see what happens with that. And then the winner of that gets Khabib again. Or, or they can make a clone of her. Yeah. <laughs> That'll be the yeah. end of civilization. You were thinking that uh, God would smite. But, if he, but listen, if he made another contender, 
Nothing. You're still anti. Shit's going to go sideways. I'm telling you. Yeah. Cyborg versus Nunes is the only fight that makes sense now. And Brazil versus Brazil. Yeah. I wonder how that goes, but uh, if they can make that fight happen because the weights are a little off. But that's the only fight that makes sense, and yeah. I think they should buck up for Amanda Nunes, give everybody a big payday, and give the people what they want, man. That's what I'm saying. I think that's where it's going. Like, I think that's a good money fight. I think that's a fight now that will draw people because, I mean, look, here's the other problem. Not that it's a problem, but, I mean, Frankie was the headliner with Holloway. Holloway's out. They give him an up-and-comer who's pretty popular, yet they give Cyborg head billing. They bring her on to, I mean, I don't even, I think that's insulting to Frankie. No, I mean, the guy's a former champion, was supposed to be fighting for the belt, but, uh, you know, so obviously Cyborg has a following. She has a following, definitely has a following. And it's got to be getting bigger and bigger. I mean, if they would have embraced her like they embraced Rousey, come on, who knows where that would have been. And uh, I think so. I think the fight to make is Nunes, uh, Cyborg, Cyborg, and see what happens, man. I think that's a great fight. I think Nunes could win that fight, and uh, yeah, it should be good, man. I, that's the fight I want to see right now. I felt bad for that girl, that lady. Yeah, she was terrified in there. Well, I think to to and to be so dominant in one field, and then to step into the cage and see that there's levels to this. Thing. Yeah. Well, I think that's scary. always important. I mean, I think that's a lesson for everybody. You know, like a guy that never had lost before, and then he gets in there, he's like, "What the hell just happened?" You know what I mean? And that—that's what well, Mackenzie Dern just learned. Yeah. yeah, where she learned that she was doing, she was killing everybody on the smaller shows, and then she gets into the UFC yeah. last night, and she realizes there's, you know, you're fighting. She fought somebody five and three, yeah. um. And she she had it not been, I think, for that last little flurry, she's yeah. losing that fight. Yeah, I gotta See, go back and look at that. I gotta look at it tonight. Even with the DC Ozdemir fight, he uh DC told Ozdemir that there's levels to this. And it's pretty much that same thing and Wow. And, number uh, three. Wow. Number, number three. three. This was a rookie no. There, I thought there was three already. This was wow. three on set. Oh, this it's like I'm in the car with my it, kids. It's number three during the show, but one minute before we started recording, he he went. This, that's oh four God. in an hour. <laughs> it's a that's, great, great workout. In that's there, like right a, 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 a. I'm in the car with my kids. He's got the bladder right of a, it is of like a every, pregnant lady. You know, every every rest stop. Can we stop here? Can we stop here? Ah, it's the worst. So. We're, we were about to close the show. We'll wait till Ray comes back. But uh, I, I did find interesting you talking about your UFC expectations versus reality. It's yeah. almost like those memes, the expectation versus reality yeah, yeah. memes. But at the same time, um, and we've spoken about this probably for a couple of years now, diversifying. You you have created, even in the past couple of years, a, a larger following. You have built a the the funk master persona if you will yeah uh, not just being a, a a fighter but also being entertaining outside of the ring doing some you do a lot of uh video voiceover that type of stuff you're you're building a career outside of the ring is that something you thought you'd have to do or did you think that you'd be able to focus 100 percent on fighting and 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 be doing that uh, not something that I thought that I would have to do, but it is something that I actually like doing. So it, it, to me, it's not even like, I don't really even think about it. I like it. I like to share, uh, my experiences and what I'm going through on like my journey. And it's been like that. Even when I was on the, the regional circuit as an amateur and as a pro, I would always post about my fights, talk about my fights. 
hit people up in the Facebook messengers or on MySpace, telling people like, hey, come out, I'm fighting this time, this time. I have people recording my fights. I do my own editing. I post it up and I send those, send out my videos to people so that they can see what I was doing, like life after high school and while I'm in college, that kind of thing. So um, I think I just got better at it. Um, I started to understand that this is a business. So as much as it is a sport, so you kind of have to have that balance. But um, I think the more entertainment you have, the, it brings more eyeballs, more dollars. But you got to make sure you keep the, the main focus in mind, which is you're getting in, in there with another human weapon that's looking to take you out and uh, make his name off of you. And so that's, in essence, what the advice you'd give to somebody who's just getting in now, getting into the UFC or Bellator, one of the big promotions, just starting to get to that level. That's the advice yeah. you'd give them. Yeah, if you want recognition, you got to be able to do both parts. And uh, you, if you can fight half as good as you can talk, that's like just that's most of the battle right there. And I'll tell you, Steve, one of the big things that I'm seeing with, with Aljo is that, you know, on his uh, media obligations, he's very natural in front of the camera uh, and with the mic in front of him. And now he's starting to get... You know, movies are asking him to audition for different roles. You know, we were working on it before uh, before we started the show. So, you know, that's a, if you have that kind of personality, you know, one thing can lead to another, and I think you're seeing that now. <laughs> that's right. Welcome back. Ray man. just came back into the middle of that and <laughs> looks at me. Very good, Samuel Jackson. Great job tonight. Say what again? Great job. Great job tonight. Now I'll be a half hour late going home. <laughs> Folks, this has been MMA and Beyond. I want you to check out our website, MMAandBeyond.com. You can reach out to Ray Longo at Ray Longo MMA. That's on Instagram and Twitter. You can reach out to me, Steve Maraboli, on Instagram and Twitter. And Al Jermaine Sterley, wish him luck. Ask him questions. Have him back on as well. You can check him out at Funkmaster underscore UFC. And that's on Twitter and Instagram. And of course, anywhere else, anything else you got to promote, pitching, what are you up to? Anything else? Um, I'm doing everything, man. A little real estate. I took my FDNY exam last year. I get my results back in April. Uh, I coach kids, and uh, I actually got my own little vlog channel going on right now. So, documenting uh, my road back to the octagon. We're calling this series, this segment, the UFC Road to Redemption. So, uh, so where where can they find that? You can find that on my YouTube channel, uh, YouTube.com/backslash FunkmasterMMA. Vlogs. They're vlogging, wow. right? Wow. I'm a vlogger. I mean, you know what? I got zero. This guy's, <laughs> this guy's, with that, this guy's got a vlog. Mike, wait, what's your what's your social media stuff? No, I don't want to even tell you. No, no I want to no, hear because Ray, Ray makes fun of me. <laughs> it's empty, E-M-P-T-Y, Resig. Empty you know, just, Resig. You know, empty Resig. Is that hurtful? You know, that's why I, I train with Jenny now. Oh, wow. He's just not very supportive of people. <laughs> I try to toughen people up because life is hard. It is. You get dealt a lot of bad hands. Bad and you hands. know what you do? You don't fold. You don't, you don't fold. fold. No, you don't fold. You keep on going. Yeah. I know. Empty. I'm just trying to help. Let's go. I'm just trying to help. <laughs> Wait, did you, you really, know? did you start really start hitting with Jenny? Yeah, he's done nothing. I, used to. I was just going to say how, how great is working my with Jenny. I got a tennis elbow on my hips. Uh, tennis elbow? Oh this hurts, we man. can't have him in the gym. I just <laughs> can't. He has tennis elbow and something about his hip. Uh, like you want to know why I tried to toughen him up? At least go roll a little bit. I'm in there. I know you're in there. I know. Yeah. You might get him back, I think. Is Ray going to be there when we go? 
Or do you go in Drago's? Now? Well, Ray's always there. I don't work right. really work with Ray. Drago's there pretty often. There's great jujitsu people. Come in. I'm going to give you a lot of encouraging words. Will you do that for me? Oh yeah. All right. And Jenny yeah, Nadell, I can't can't no, not shout best. out Jenny Nadell. The best. Jenny will work with you anytime, man. She's and the now best Joe, the best. he teaches. He's he's uh, he's taught my little guy. He's great with the kids. He you teaches the killers, man. You're all in the cage, just killing each other. He's doing a great yeah. job with that class. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah, that's really uh, good. Really starting to build up, man. There's we great need, things We in needed that, that, and he's he's great. He's re- he's a really good instructor. It's it's Law MMA. Is that LawMMA.com? LawMMA.com. They have new hoodies. Check out their new hoodies. I saw it on Instagram. Well, a lot of people loving those hoodies, man. Da, they actually look good. Fantastic. I actually like it. I tell a you, lot. people loving them. You bring one next time, maybe. Go on. <laughs> uh, Steve, get his credit card before we leave And I'll uh, make sure I have a couple for him next time This is MMA and Beyond Thanks for listening everybody we'll Catch you next time